Get ready for the best of Corkscrews and Contracts, where we talk all things real estate. But first... Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe on corkscrewsandcontracts.com and contact us for all real estate services. episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And it is a big day. Why? Because we are doing a best of... This is episode number 30. Can you believe it's been 30? 30 episodes. And we haven't even killed each other yet. (laughs) There's been no strangulation. None at all. We survived. We did. We did. So we've met some amazing people. Had some funny stories. Funny stories, interesting stories, uh, scary stories, uh, and stories that really taught us about how people um, how people operate in the best of times and the worst of times. Some life lessons came through these. Yes, stories. absolutely. We built relationships with people that we got to sit down with. That we, was so cool. And we even talked about building relationships and how to do that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> We've had a little something for everybody, including the millennials. Yes. So let's get started with the first best of the Millennial Lawyer Podcast. That's right. It's so money. (laughs) Featuring Brad Bald and Brendan Bald. I don't know about you guys, but I I feel this this need or urge to do everything quickly because I'll be too old to enjoy it if I wait too long. Mm. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's kind of how I felt. Really? Yeah. I was like, I was like, now's kind of the time. You know, I hate to be to say I'm influenced by my friends and social media, <laughs> but I kind of am a little yeah. bit. You know, I see other people buying, and I, you know, I'm in the real estate industry, and I see people closing day in and day out, and I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to other realtors and investors that are talking about the profitability of, you know, buying a home now in this market that's still thriving. So I was like, I don't want to, you know, a little bit of FOMO. I was like, I don't want to miss out. You know, I had my lease ending now. I was like, this is the right time. So I I think definitely. Or you feel like you're, you're too late. You're already behind. Yeah. Like I got to catch up a little bit. (laughs) You know? I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago, uh, multi-millionaire, like tens. And, and he, he goes, hey, once you get through whatever it is that I was doing at the time, he said, okay, now the best way to get to where I am is don't go out buying consumer goods. Don't go do the stupid thing and buy yeah. a new Porsche or yeah. a new whatever. Because that's going to depreciate. Yeah. yeah and I was like, about. but I want to do those things. <laughs> I felt super crushed at the time. Yeah. Like how, how, well, you can, why, why, why do I have to delay? Yeah. yeah. Like, I won't be cool for my friends if I don't have those things. Yeah. And that's that's kind of scary now that I think about it. Right. Because there's a lot of us with that mentality. Yeah. For sure. Took him two days to recover from that conversation. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I bet. days. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> my cereal wasn't the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not sure if we talked about student loans and how those affect... Yeah. Briefly, yeah. briefly, 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 briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about it more. Well, and I think with student loans, kind of going back to that, I mean, those are a mortgage, if not sometimes mm-hmm. more than a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's 
kind of like, do I want two mortgages just starting out? <laughs> right. I mean, do I want to add, you know? Yeah. I mean, six this figures is, worth of debt. I mean, that's no joke. Mm-hmm. This is almost a conversation where we, sh- we could bring in a, a loan officer and he could go mm-hmm. into getting a 30-year mortgage, getting some PMI, and then two years later refining and putting everything together into mm-hmm. one giant mortgage and right. things, things of that sort. Um, but I think the fact that a, somebody has a student loan is a deterrent factor from the get-go. Mm. They just don't even want to think about it. I can't get a house. I have $200,000 in student loans. Forget about it. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. But Just like that. Can. Yeah. I love the way you <laughs> said that. that. <laughs> so good. They say it just like that. <laughs> yeah, but that is something they, they still, they should consider because it, really can happen. You just need to talk to a mortgage person about how to make that happen. Now, who in this room knows a mortgage person? We don't know any. <laughs> Not a one. Well, you would be a good mortgage person. I could do it. I could do it all. You I think me? you could do it. There's not much in this world I can't do, except maybe neurosurgery. Even that I probably could do. Isn't it? It's because he's an actor, That's so right. he can act Uh-oh. in every... <laughs> <laughs> You're saying I'm inauthentic? <laughs> I am, I am all like about that. authenticity. <laughs> I love that. You're basically like Brendan, you yes. are fake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing like an acting jab. <laughs> hey, I was just confirming that he can he can do anything. He sure can. He sure can. <laughs> Next up are the Wholesaling Twins, Jim and Madison Adams, and it's our first SWAT story. Oftentimes in real estate we get funny stories, we get sad stories <laughs> on certain properties. Is there a, like a funny time or anything like that where you go, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's something I should tell and it'd be okay legally. <laughs> you know, I, would, I don't know if this is, is really a funny story, but it stands out to me. So we had a... Uh, a seller that we we called on um, one of our leads, and um, she she inherited a house from her from her parents. That's what she a house she grew up in is out in East Nashville. So she was letting her son live there, which son was like I don't know he was he was an older guy, and I was you know she she was like I really need to get him out the house yada yada. But um, you know, we're she's dealing. He's dealing with a roommate issue, and apparently, he let the roommate, this guy he worked with, who was hard on hard on times, come stay with him for a little while. And then they got into it, and he was like, "You got to go," and he's like, "I'm not leaving." <laughs> and and like, so one day, when the when when the son was away, he got all the locks changed on the house, right, right. So then, so they so then they go through this like now they have to evict them because they call the cops. Cops can't do anything because he lives there. Yeah, I guess there's some type of amount of time that he's been like in the place where you can't just put him out oh, at this time. Yeah. So, like they go through the eviction process, and like I'm following up with it for months and months. They finally get him out by calling the SWAT team because he wouldn't leave out. He said, "I've got a gun in here, and oh. I'm not coming out." So I think there was like maybe he had some issues. Mentally, obviously. You know, he's mm-hmm. telling the SWAT team he has a gun. Because obviously there's something going on, right? Yeah, right. So, so, yeah, I mean, so he barricades himself in the house and, like, they, like, they move all the neighbors. They say, oh, you gotta, you got to go down to this other street. Clear and, the like, street. Yeah, yeah. like, it was, like, on the news and everything. And she's, like, and they, they had to, like, they had to, like, break in, like, the, the back. They had to bust in the back door and, like, some windows in the back of the house to get in. And they pulled them out and... 
And she was like, well, I'm still not ready. I can't sell the house in this condition. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yes, you can, yeah, please. I, need I want your house in this condition right now. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I just, I can't sell my mom's house like that. And I'm like, okay, all right, uh, I get it. Well, I'll just follow up with you. And like, her son's still living there. And I guess we were following up for over a year, mm-hmm. just maybe once every two or three weeks, just calling her, hey, checking in on it, you know, because. Like we, I felt like I went through that series with the the, 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 the SWAT team. I was like, I feel like we were in that together. You know? <laughs> so like, I just kept following up with her. I guess a year, year and a half after we first like touched base, she sold us the house. And, uh, and then a, a couple of months, Europe trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months later, she like left a really sweet voicemail, oh, yeah, and did. like I almost cried. I'm like, oh my gosh, we helped her so much. Yeah, she was like, because she was in a tough situation, and she was so happy that you know we were able to, you know, that we that he kept following up for one, and that we closed it. So it was happy ending. Yeah, it's a funny story, but it's a story. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's part of real estate. I know I really like being able to help people. It's, it's yeah. a good feeling when Those you do that. Deals. But I think you guys have totally um, beat everybody out on the story. We that's the first SWAT <laughs> yeah. story we've had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay. And um, I was nervous. Show <laughs> <laughs> this crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here the whole time you're telling it, wondering how the guy could not afford to get a place to live, but he could afford to have all the locks changed. Right. Right. right? Insane. Good question. That is a good call. I didn't. They cut, I didn't, they I didn't cut the electricity off on him too. Like, they were like, they oh. cut it off on him. He was just chilling. He was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I need a cup of ice. I'll be fine. <laughs> Real estate investors looking for a quick close and no appraisals? Reach out to Mike Brady at PropertyRecycle.com. They are a large private equity firm with that personal touch. Property Recycle offers an easy online application, no appraisal requirements, and can close within five days. Ditch your slow, expensive lender and get the money you need today. Call Mike Brady at 615-806-7500. Again, that is 615-806-7500. Or visit PropertyRecycle.com. Visit our friend Bradley T. Bald, licensed attorney at the Road Title and Escrow LLC, where he counsels and facilitates clients in various commercial and residential transactions. In addition to his real estate practice, Bradley is an attorney for Keller, Turner, Ruth, Andrews, and Gannon PLLC in the firm's sports, entertainment, and corporate practice. Bradley is also a Rule 31 mediator in the state of Tennessee. Again, that's Bradley T. Bald at the Road Title and Escrow. Give him a call. You know, I learned so much from this next couple about how to view things that occur to you in business and life. Yes, it is not happening to you. It is happening for you. For me. We remind ourselves daily of that. Daily. I even wrote it up on the board. (laughs) Seriously. It was great stuff. Enjoy this next cast with Eric and Nikki Hensley. Nikki, so you were talking about the slogans and and the dreams and things that you have to rein in sometimes. Yes. Working together. Tell us a little (laughs) about that. Uh, Well, you know, I am, I grew up in a very structured, if you will, family, but you know, salary. We go to work at eight and we come home at five and you know, you, you make what you make and you save for your vacations and you go on one vacation year. So that was my mindset coming in 
to this marriage and this relationship. <laughs> oh, man. And that is not how he... He actually grew up that way, too, but he was just wired differently. And he's a big dreamer. And I, at, when we first, you know, we had little kids and we got married and, and life was hard. And, and I was always like, no, you are not doing this. You're going to change the diapers. You know, just being ugly about it. But, you know, as we've evolved and as the kids have gotten out of diapers, um, we, me, I have stopped crushing them so quickly. Mm. And I realized, like, you know... Like, he's going to go look at an apartment complex today. And if he buys it, he buys it. But half the stuff that he does go look at and half the stuff he does, you know, get under contract, it, and not of any fault of his, but it's just not going to work out. You know, there's something's going to fall, something's going to happen in the process. So I would get super worked up over these things that probably wouldn't even happen. And if they did happen, like hopefully the apartment complex he's looking at today works out. Um, but, you know, normally old me would have been like, no, we don't need to do that. Or no, that's that's silly. You know, just trying to control the situation. And I've learned to let go of that control and just let them be. And we get along so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and the things that do end up happening have all been great. So I've also learned my lesson. Like, just let it happen. It's probably going to be for the better. Wow. So, yeah. Important life lesson. There's also a thing that, <laughs> that we've also been talking about a lot lately. And I think it's helped us in growing our mindset is that, you know, everything happens to you, right? For you. Everything happens for you, not to you. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So if a deal doesn't work out, that's in your benefit. Mm -hmm. If a house doesn't close, that's in your benefit. Hmm. Right? And as we started looking more at things as beneficial versus deficits, it's helped a lot. Right? So it's... Also, the second factor to that is control the things you can control and leave the rest alone. Like recently, um, Metro Council is trying to pass an RM20 bill to eliminate Airbnb, right? Mm -hmm. I own 15 lots in RM20 specifically for Airbnb. Wow. Ain't shit I can do. Ain't anything (laughs) I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that, right? Yeah. I can't control what they do. All I can control is the fact that I'm now going to change a little bit how I'm building them, build them a little bit better, build them a little bit more cost effective, mm-hmm. and continue on. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that you can't control. So we've we've been talking about that a lot. Is control the things you can control. And things happen. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> things happen. You know. Literally, things happen. Things happen. <laughs> That's the cell phone yeah. off the chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just making sure that you, you know, continue to grow. And, and for us, growing together as well as doing more things has helped a lot as well. So when I do have that breakdown of, you know, I'm done, I quit, I'm not doing this, you know, she's got the mindset of, no, we're good. And then the days that she has, I quit, I'm out here, I'm out of this, I'm not doing this, I'm kind of there to be like, hey, we're good, wow. it's going to happen. Some days when we're both like, we're over it, we just go get Mexican and eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fixes everything. Yes. <laughs> Mexican and ice cream. Woo! Glad I don't do that when I have a bad day. Yeah. yeah. Done this in the office, though. <laughs> Not the worst. Did you have to call me out on that? Uh, I kind of had to. Kind of had to. <laughs> this next guest uh, has meant the world to us. She's really quite special. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
We would not be sitting here today with a podcast, would not be a couple without her. That's right. Sonny Bray Cartmel told us all about networking and building relationships. So, Sonny, I do remember at one of your uh, previous events, some rather interesting people <laughs> showing up at the door. They had a few, maybe some wine, maybe some whiskey. <laughs> And it was during uh, political season. I don't know who they were supporting or whatever, but they, they showed up and they said, we're here to politic. And you said, oh, no, you're not, because <laughs> that is not what we do here. And you found them the door very quickly. I was so proud of you. <laughs> how do you? That was amazing. What? How? Tell us what that's like. It's, it's challenging, but I... I'm very proud of the culture that we've created with Network Under 40. There's a reason why we've grown to be one of the more well-known and largest YP groups in Nashville. And it's because we hold to the culture that we've created. And I think new attendees that, that don't understand our culture or what our values might be will quickly discover that if you don't care about people if you don't care about relationships that you'll just kind of organically phase out and it's just it just becomes not the place for you because you're more focused on transactions versus mm -hmm. people and building relationships and I can say uh, around that same time of year I went to another networking event where they allow them to do that I didn't see what what took place at Network Under Forty, like why it did. He didn't have a I didn't have a front row seat, but at this other oh, one, I had a front row seat. <laughs> it was amazing. At Please this continue. other one, they went around and instead of building relationships with people, they pushed political flyers in your face, and it was you just didn't want you didn't mm. want that. It wasn't the place. It it just wasn't. Uh, anything you want to go to and have happen. So it's great that you were able to keep your culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm very protective of what we've created. And, and what makes that happen is our ambassadors. They're the ones that are out there having conversations with people and ensuring that that's what continues versus that uncomfortability factor that those specific individuals bring to our environment. And that's not what we want. And that's what mm. happened. I was at the event. Mm -hmm. They made me feel uncomfortable, so I started avoiding them. I like all right, and it put a bad taste in your mouth about that event. And mm -hmm. you may or may not go to the next month because right. that was your experience. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. Do you like buying insurance for your flip, new construction, or other properties? No, everyone hates buying insurance unless you call Joe Gravy Graves with "I Hate Buying Insurance." I hate buying insurance. He chose that name because it's the truth. Call or text Joe at 615-499-6846 to ask about insuring your investment properties, and you'll get three free gifts worth over $7,000 in value when you say, Gravy, I need a quote on my most valuable asset. 615-499-6846. Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. 
Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. Jennifer, we, we've come to the end already. It went by so fast. It did. It really did. Yeah. Do you need a refill on your wine for this next one, guest? Ooh, yes, I do. Because <laughs> I hear his SWAT story is one for the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a straight shooter. <laughs> Scott Abernathy, property management, gives it to us straight. Love it. I served some time in the United States Air Force, and back then I bought my first rental property. Okay. And that would have been in 1989. I was 21 years old, and nobody took me seriously. I got some little <laughs> bank. It still exists. It's first community bank down in Bedford County. They were the only people that would talk to me, and that's only because my father-in-law owned some stock in it. <laughs> down in Shelbyville. Okay. And this triplex was in Murfreesboro. I didn't have anything. I had a little small amount of money that I'd saved up, and my girlfriend at the time had a small amount of money she'd saved up. So we pooled our resources together and bought this property in 1989. Wow. I don't recommend buying houses with girlfriends. Oh, actually. <laughs> well, you know why. He's not He's not, he's not talking about us. Yeah, that's, he means that's other completely people. Different. <laughs> it actually did work out. We do not own that house still. That's one of the few that we actually sold intentionally. Uh, but we did get married several years later and celebrated our 25th anniversary uh, back in December. So hey, it worked out for him, too. Out. <laughs> Matter of fact, our realtor married us. What? No way. How many people know that? Our realtor's name was Jim Creech, and he worked for Snow and Wall Realtors, and it was before I uh, was really into the real estate industry. And he was also an ordained minister, Church of Christ minister. So he married us. That is so Whoa. cool. Real estate wedding, baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a relationship. It is. It is. Well, Just hitched. We'll sell you a house on the back of that oh, car. Oh, it got more. Let, let me tell you, when I got out of the Air Force, because I was still okay. in the Air Force down in San Antonio at the time. Wow. So who had to take care of all the headaches we were oh, talking about? Oh, yes. My girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Donna. That's my wife's name. She had to take care of all this, and when I get off the airplane coming back home for good after my service was up, she's tossing me those keys saying, we're getting out of this. We're <laughs> done with this. We are not dealing with this anymore. I said, wait, babe, wait, 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 wait. Let me give it a try. And that's when I learned property management was my passion. I learned, hey, look, I can not only do this, I'm good at it. So um, that's how I got into it. That's awesome. <laughs> At least, it, you know, the relationship after all that. Oh, no, she didn't have to. Now, we own 26 properties, I mentioned to you. Yeah. She's never stepped foot in one of them. <laughs> she doesn't want to. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and honey, I hope you're not listening because I'm going to tell on you here. Um, <laughs> don't worry, she's not. <laughs> She'll be the one person that doesn't listen to the podcast either. She doesn't really dig real estate like I do. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we sold our own personal home recently, and it was a home we had lived in for almost 25 years. It was our starter home. Mm -hmm. And she finally talked me into buying our McMansion, you know. I oh, guess yeah. ultimately I have to do it, right? right. <laughs> but I didn't want to sell it. I wanted to rent it. She yeah. says, well, you know whoever rents it is just going to trash it, and they're going to tear it up. I said, honey, how would you know? You're never going to step foot in it again. <laughs> <laughs> we sold it. Uh, <laughs> so that wasn't the best response. <laughs> we sold it. <laughs> Got to make mama happy, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. So we know we all have our real estate stories. 
And we hear you have some good ones from property management. I'd say property managers probably have the best stories. <laughs> oh, I would agree. <laughs> Which I know what your listeners are thinking is going to be some eviction we had to do where we had to, you know, chuck somebody's hummels out in the street or something like that. <laughs> you know. um, don't worry. There are plenty of those, too. Uh, or it's some tenant that, uh, you know, came to us all cracked out. Yeah, yeah. we got those also. <laughs> no doubt about it. But this story's not about a tenant. It's about an owner. And it's one of my early owners, uh, early on, he, uh, he's about as redneck as it can get. And I mean, no offense to rednecks. I got a whole bunch of redneck in me. My family tree has no limbs either. I got it. Okay. Uh, but this guy, he's probably the most redneck client I got. Um, we'll call him Joe. Okay. That's yeah. not really his name. We'll call him Joe. <laughs> Old Joe, he calls me up like this. God, I need some help. And I was early in my business. I was still with Cole Banker at the time. And I said, sure, Joe, I can take care of the property for you. No problem. He had a little crappy house down in Christiana, Tennessee. I had another one in Leanna, and I managed both of them. By the way, those are both rural areas in, in Middle Tennessee, Who, for those of you who are not from the area. <laughs> the one down in Christiana um, had a drug raid on it. Oh. The sheriffs came in, deputies came in, and, and they chucked a smoke grenade into the window, breaking the window, burning the carpet. They kicked in all the doors and arrested everybody in the house. Now, just for the record, financially, who's responsible for that damage? It's not the sheriff's department. It's going to end up being the owner. It well, should be the tenant. It is the tenant's responsibility. <laughs> it absolutely is the tenant's responsibility, but who's going to pay for it? The yeah, owner, because the, the tenant's sitting in jail with no you're money. Not getting, you're not bail. getting blood out of a turnip. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so my old redneck Joe, he is just fit to be tied. He is just mad, and he's got to go take care of this house. And, and he goes out, and he does his own work. He doesn't have us take care of it for him. So he's out there getting the house cleaned up, replacing the carpet, putting in new front and back doors, replacing the window, all this kind of stuff. He gets the place all clean and neat, and we're probably 30 days later now that he's gotten all this done. He's getting the place ready for us to re-rent it for him. And he pays his cleaning crew. His cleaning crew meets his cleaning crew right at dusk one evening. Pays his cleaning crew in cash out on the back deck, and his cleaning crew drives off out of the neighborhood. Well, he has to go to the bathroom. Well, his cleaning crew just left you know, from cleaning. I said, he's not going to use the bathroom in there. Heck, you're in you know, rural Tennessee. Who's <laughs> around? So he uh, unzips his pants and starts to relieve himself in the bushes. At that time, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations comes out of every bush and comes around every corner, drawing down on him. You are kidding. <laughs> no, this is, I'm not making up one word. I couldn't make this up. They make him get down on the ground with his junk in his hands. <laughs> Does not let him put it away. Okay, He has to get down on the ground, hands out, and while they're frisking him and everything, because what they saw was a cash deal train change hands on that back deck. And they're still on guard exactly. from what happened? Exactly. They didn't oh know the sheriff's department had raided it a month earlier, so they thought they were onto the deal and just saw the deal. <laughs> Bad they, communication oh issues. <laughs> well, they realized what had happened, and they let Joe go. I almost called his name. <laughs> they let old Joe go. And Joe calls me up, madder than a wet hen. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was furious. Scott, you wouldn't believe what happened. Then he told me the whole story, and I just go. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Scott Abernathy, this is not funny. I said, Joe, give it a minute. This is hysterical. <laughs> This 
This has been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 20.